0: podcast my name is james good. once again by my co-host cody cody how are you this fine thursday evening
1: oh james i'm fantastic had a day off of work uh, unexpectedly because my trainer had a day off so last week of training when he's off i'm off so i took the day off had some uh relaxing time with a friend and just chillaxed and had a good day had a mm. good day james how are you
0: Good, man. I'm good. Getting through work and uh, working tons of hours. Seems like I'm going to be in more and more demand at work, which is not a bad thing.
1: Nope, not a bad thing <laughs> at all. Supply and <laughs> oh, demand, my yeah. friend. Supply and demand. <laughs> yeah.
0: When the supply of drivers falls short. The demand for my services is higher.
1: And then the demand for moolah rises. Yeah. Um, yeah. Real real quick, obviously we're going to preview the Eagles game on this episode, go over to the injury report for both teams and talk a little bit of Steelers news and then go over our three keys to success uh get for defeating the Eagles this week, who are still undefeated. Uh, we could be the first ones to knock a big old L on them. Uh, someone else we want to have an L knocked on them real quick. Tonight, Thursday night football. Uh, Baltimore Ravens against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Go Tom Brady. What's happening to us? I don't know. Um <laughs> Anyways, come on,
0: Tom, snap out of it. Yeah, anyways. So
1: next week's the bye week. We will not be recording a pre-show, obviously, leading up to it. So next a week from now, today, whatever, Thursday, Friday-ish, we will not be recording an episode. But that Sunday, we will record an episode kind of going over the mid-season recap of the Steelers and how we think things are going and certain players and coaches and all the stuff. We'll talk all the stuff. We'll talk standings. We'll we'll go into all the details of that. So be on the lookout for that. Again, that is going to be uh, not this upcoming Sunday, but the following. So that will be coming up. Uh, But now it's time to talk Steelers news, James.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we're starting off with some injury-related news, per the usual. I got a couple guys on the injured reserve. Um, There's been a lot of talk the last few weeks after Calvin Austin III, the rookie wide receiver, the fourth-round pick, uh, extreme speedster, little guy uh, started his 21 day window and, uh, unfortunately is not healthy enough to be removed from this 21 day window. Uh, he is not going to be coming back to the team this year. Unfortunately, uh, what I'm hearing through multiple reports uh, is that he unfortunately re injured the injury. Uh, sounds like he had a Liz Frank going on and, uh, suffered a setback on it and is going to be undergoing surgery, which absolutely puts him out for the remainder of the season. So there was no point uh, in doing anything else. Uh, so now it's going to be more of, will he be ready for the beginning of the off season in the summertime? Uh, because if you have surgery on a Liz Frank, man, that can put you out six. Yeah. Plus nine, and you know what?
1: Easy. Here's what I'm going to say about this real quick. Uh, never wish an injury on any player. Kind of happy this is mm-hmm. happening. Kinda of happy this is happening. With all the issues we've been having in the wide receiver room, uh drop balls, not high pointing the ball, this and that. Again, they are getting better. But with all the issues we've had, Pittsburgh's might not need to draft a wide receiver this offseason. If Calvin Austin, the third, can come back and be healthy. I mean, they typically always draft a wide receiver, you know, late rounds, whatever, third round, whatever. They always invest in a wide receiver. You basically have a rookie coming off uh uh, you know, an injury that no one's going to have seen play. He's going to have no NFL highlights. Um, it's going to be almost like they just drafted him again. He's just going to be coming out of an injury, unfortunately. And its uh, I think it's a good thing for Pittsburgh. Again, not, I don't wish an injury on anybody, but Calvin Austin III coming out of this, he's still a surprise player. No one's going to have known anything about him. So I'm actually kind of excited for this and hope that Pittsburgh can use it to their advantage to maybe sneak another surprise player Um just back on the roster from the IR, obviously. Uh, he's not going to get picked up on waivers or anything because he's on the injured reserve. Uh, but I'm intrigued by this and curious what this means for Pittsburgh's offseason, the wide receiver room moving forward. So exciting stuff, kind of.
0: Uh, yeah, it's interesting because I I still would have loved to have seen him come back this year just because I feel like he could have been an upgrade uh, at that fourth wide receiver position. It's basically the top three wide receivers and then a bunch of guys that they're not really willing to use much in the wide receiver unless it's an end Uh, around when they do. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's end around it's go deep and we're thrown to somebody else. Uh, They're not really incorporating any of the other receivers uh, into the offense. Uh, so I would have liked to have seen him, but now it is almost like he's going to be part of the twenty twenty three draft class. Yep. Uh, so it's an extra wide receiver, and I could see. I, I I agree with you. I won't be surprised if they don't take a wide receiver at all in the twenty twenty three draft uh, because they'll look at him as basically part of that draft class now, uh, except for the fact that now he's got a whole year of studying the playbook. Yep. Uh, now who knows? Maybe there is a new offensive coordinator next year, so maybe that's next not as much year. Of a a benefit as it could be uh well everyone everyone wants tomlin to just fire canada but i don't think it's quite that easy or that simple it's not that easy it's not that
1: easy but at the same time you got to do something yeah so we'll see what happens but But yeah yeah. i i agree so i am excited to see calvin austin the third come back um other injury news tj watt returned to practice on wednesday which starts his 21 day window um, so he is going to be going through all that. Again, James has said this multiple times. We expect to see him after the bye week. Uh, that is within that 21 days. That's perfect. That's all we need. TJ's going to come back after the bye week and still win Defensive Player of the Year. Also, I called it last week, James. I tagged you on Facebook. Couple I minutes. know you saw it. Uh, for those of mm-hmm. you that didn't see it, NFL on Fox or NFL, Some I don't know, some Facebook page posted you know, NFL sack leaders, watch out quarterbacks, blah, blah, blah. The first week that it's not Alex Highsmith is when people start talking about the NFL sack leaders. So
0: Mm -hmm. called it. And it's not even like it's the mid-season point or anything. Nope. You know, we're seven games in. I could see it if they waited until after the eighth week maybe. Yep. You know, because then it's almost right in the middle of the season. But after seven weeks is awesome. Peculiar as if they really didn't want a Steelers name in the highlights there. So that's what I, it looks like I to me. Yeah, I understand your skepticism there, man. I am, uh, I'm very excited about TJ Watt returning to practice. Um, seems as though he's 100% recovered from whatever knee surgery he had. So it must have been a real, real minor cleanup kind of thing, remove some scar tissue, whatever. Uh, and it, Appears as though he's basically 100% with that shoulder. My guess is they're just trying to be cautious, give it that little bit of extra time before he goes 100% in practice and then uh, in a game. I feel bad for the Saints because I feel like he's going to go off in that game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a three or four sack performance in that game. And I hope it's Andy Dalton. So (laughs) much. Yeah, right, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's gonna have so much like pent up frustration from not being able to play, from watching people talk trash on his teammates, uh, from watching his teammates struggle without him and knowing that he hasn't been able to help him like he would like to, and watching this his teammates do gonna... well
1: and then not get recognition. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that game, that'll be a good time. Injury report time. I'm going to go over Pittsburgh Steelers injuries up to today being Thursday. James is going to go over the Philadelphia Eagles first, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the cornerback room, three guys on the list. Josh Jackson with a groin injury, Akilah Witherspoon with a hamstring injury, and Levi Wallace with a shoulder injury. Levi Wallace uh, did not participate yesterday or today. Akilah uh, Witherspoon was full participation both days. That's phenomenal. And then Josh Jackson, again, he's lower-end guy that they brought in. Uh, with all the other injuries they were dealing with did not participate yesterday with limited participation today moving in the right direction if we wind up needing him if Levi Wallace can't go he'll more than likely get some playing time uh defensive tackle room looks a little beat up you have Martravius Adams uh hamstring didn't participate yesterday full participation today that's good uh Cam Hayward contusion to the birth certificate he did not participate today <laughs> <That> is- <laughs> uh Larry Ogunjobi knee injury did not participate either day so far this week Wednesday or Thursday uh, and then the offensive side of the ball, wide receiver Steven Sims, hamstring injury continuing to move forward, uh, but was full participation today in practice. And then Pat Fryermuth with an ankle injury, limited participation yesterday, full participation today. That is great news for uh, Pat Fryermuth moving forward.
0: Eagles injuries. Yeah, it looks Looks promising on the Steelers front. A lot of guys moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Uh, Looks like there's a decent chance of Witherspoon coming back, which you kind of have to have because it looks like Levi Wallace is without a doubt going to be down. Yep. Uh, We'll see how long this shoulder keeps him down. Josh Jackson, I hope he continues trending in the right direction there. Uh, Cause otherwise they are going to be a little bit short if he's down in addition to Levi Wallace. Yeah. i uh, real surprised to see Steven Sims already uh, a full participant. I Same. expected him to be down a few weeks. Yep. Uh, so that could be a, a promising thing uh, on that front as well. So yeah, let's get into the Eagles a little bit here. Uh, so a lot of guys, they rested on Thursday and it is not injury related. Uh, So I'm just going to list all those guys and get them out of the way. James Bradbury, not injury related. A.J. Brown, Fletcher Cox, uh, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, uh, Isaac Ciamalo, Darius Slay, Josh Sweat. All these guys just got a day off, a veteran's day off. Actual injuries on the team. Uh, Defensive end Brandon Graham was a limited participant on Thursday's practice, didn't participate at all on Wednesday. But with a hamstring, you got to figure he's probably going to be kind of doubtful. Wouldn't be surprised if he hits uh, the injury list. Lance uh, Lane Johnson, their talented offensive tackle, uh, coming back from a concussion. He's going through concussion protocol. Was limited Wednesday, full Thursday. So keep an eye on what that looks like for Friday if he goes back to limited then he ain't playing on on Sunday. Yep. Uh, if he's full again on Friday then he's probably going to play. Yep. Uh past that, the only other one that I'm seeing that's an actual injury here, cornerback Josh Job. Uh full participant with a shoulder injury. He was full on Thursday as well. Uh so they're looking a lot healthier than we are, but we're trending in the right direction. Uh, so I like seeing that because a lot of these guys that were unable to help uh, in previous games uh, and a lot of the higher end talent too, like a witherspoon. He's been down for three or four weeks now, it seems uh, and might be the best corner on the team. Him or, or Sutton is probably the best. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, some witherspoon action back out on that field.
1: Yep, absolutely. So we'll see what's going to be moving on, or what's going to be going on with that game. Uh, and the injuries as it comes up. So keep an eye on those. We'll probably post on our social media account uh, whenever the final one comes out. We'll make sure to share that with you guys. Uh, looking at the Eagles real quick, let's break down their roster really fast. Not really fast, but uh, just going over the players. Obviously, quarterback, you have Jalen Hurts starting. Uh, Jalen Hurts has been playing phenomenal so far this year. Uh, his stat line is actually fairly impressive. Uh for this, for the fact that and let me clarify impressive in the sense I should have worded that differently. Um, Impressive in the sense that it's not like it's impressive that they're winning games. He's only thrown six touchdowns. Like <laughs> that's it. So I like their, their defense is playing well. They're not allowing many teams to to score on their defense. He's thrown two interceptions. He's thrown for 1500 yards. Um, he's playing fairly well. Again, And these games, he hasn't had one game so far where he hasn't been sacked. And last week he was sacked four times by the Cowboys defense. Uh, So hopefully Pittsburgh can get to him and get to him often. There were two other games where he was sacked three times earlier in the year uh, by not so impressive defenses. So Jalen Hurts, the guy to watch for in the quarterback room and then the wide receivers, because I'm going to skip the running back for a second. You got A.J. Brown, Quez Watkins, Devontae Smith. Those three right there are the animals uh that we need to be on the lookout for the batmen is what they call themselves um so anything you want to say about those four guys quarterback wide receivers
0: yeah jalen hurts they're kind of using him in a similar style to the baltimore ravens offense uh with with a lot of that rpo or run pass option uh so it'll look like it's starting off as a run play then he makes the decision to hand it off or not uh, he still can run and does a lot he's got a lot of games this year with 10 to 15 carries in them uh, and then he can throw off of that as well uh, very difficult thing for a lot of teams to defend pittsburgh has a ton of experience in defending this because that's what baltimore has been running for the last three years and they have been able to give baltimore fits absolute fits uh, with their style of defending against this, now a lot of that has been due to the success of having TJ Watt in. So we'll see uh, how much of a difference that is TJ Watt versus Malik Reed. But at least the Steelers defense knows exactly how to defend this type of offense because they see it twice a year every year. The difference being, there's a lot of skill at the wide receiver position, and Baltimore does not have that man. Yeah, uh, AJ Brown built like a running back. He's like a 230 pound six footer. Uh, and then you got Devontae Smith, who's like the a complete opposite, six foot 170, but lightning fast. Yep. Uh, and then Quez Watkins kind of in the middle of those guys. But there's some serious talent in that wide receiver room. Um, the Pittsburgh secondary has been doing better every week, it seems like. so. Even uh, with the injuries, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You almost don't get as nervous. Yeah, uh, you almost don't get as nervous. I mean, we even saw last week Terrell Edmonds run step for step with Tyreek Hill and defend the pass and bat it down at the end of the play like these guys are taking steps forward the secondary is really coming together uh we just need that front seven to get a little more pressure and start getting some sacks to help them out
1: yeah uh running back miles sanders the penn state boy himself very good running Mm -hmm. back capable running back with boston scott in the back as well uh so keep a look out on that you want to go over offensive line
0: Sure, man. Let's talk about these big hogs, man. There's a lot of high-value investment going on here. Um, left tackle Jordan Maialato is one of those huge mammoth dudes. I want to say he's like 6'8", well over 350. Just a big, big boy over there, left tackle. Uh, left guard, the name Landon Dickerson should sound familiar because a couple of years ago we were talking about him in the pre-draft process. Yep, uh, He was one of the top prospects coming out that played the center, but could also play guard. They're using him at guard, but they're doing that because of how good Jason Kelsey is. Yep. Uh, so left side, very, very strong for this team. Uh, right guard, Isaac Siemalu, the closest thing there is to a weak spot on this offensive line uh, with right tackle Lane Johnson, quite possibly being the best right tackle in the NFL. He's definitely up there. Uh, so big, big thing to be watching as far as Lane Johnson in his concussion because uh, yep. if he doesn't clear, then we've got Jack Driscoll coming in at right tackle. And you got to feel a lot better about going against Jack Driscoll than you do uh, Lane Johnson. So, Absolutely. Some um, um, stout boys. So what about the tight ends here?
1: Yeah, Dallas Goddard, Jack Stahl. Uh, Dallas Goddard is the biggest name on this team as far as uh, obviously the tight end position. He's their starter, but Dallas Goddard has been getting better consistently every single year I've seen him play. Uh, I, I remember drafting him in a fantasy draft, I think his second year in and he's been in the year for five years now, and he's playing uh, very, very well. He already has a touchdown on the year, 26 receptions, 357 yards. He's averaging 13 yards per per reception. So uh, very similar to how, how we want Pittsburgh to operate with their tight ends, Philadelphia can operate with their tight ends. So keep an eye for Dallas Goddard in the middle of the field. My fear in this game, honestly, is less of the wide receiver room, more of that tight end room, specifically Dallas Goddard. I can't lie. Uh, defensive side of the ball. I don't believe we're going to be seeing Robert Quinn this week. I don't think he's going to be either eligible to play or able to play. He just got traded from the bears to the Eagles earlier this week or last week. Um, And so I don't think we're going to see him play, but there is a chance he might come in. I'm not sure how fast he can learn that playbook and the schemes and everything, Uh, but he's not listed on their depth chart yet, but they did trade for him. So defensive line here, you have Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave is a name that should sound familiar, and Josh Sweat. Uh, Fletcher Cox being the probably the best of all these guys, but you also have to remember Jordan Davis could potentially come in on a rotation. Jordan Davis was a very high draft pick that we talked about that we wanted Pittsburgh to get. Uh, thankfully, Philadelphia jumped in front of the Baltimore Ravens to pick this guy up. So again, this defensive front is very fat, fast for their size, I should say. They're not very fast. Yeah, um, they quick dudes. Yeah, they're qu- they're like... You wouldn't expect them to be quick, but they're quick because they're so big. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Brandon Graham.
0: That Graham- is a highly athletic dude. Very highly athletic. Yep. Uh, and Brandon Graham had a lot of comparisons to Lamar Woodley when he came out. Very similar uh, frame type guy. Stout, uh, powerful, but also quick off the ball. Now, real quick here, I want to talk Javon Hargrave for a couple seconds. Yep. Uh, we loved Javon Hargrave with the Steelers. He, he did his four-year rookie deal with us. Uh, went to Philly because, let's be honest, we were stuck up against the cap. We couldn't afford him, and he got like $13 million a year with him. That being said, he's in the final year of that deal with the Eagles, and they just drafted a first-round defensive tackle that is just basically the size of Mount Everest. Uh, he's going to get a lot of playing time moving forward, and the rumor is the Eagles will not be retaining Javon Hargrave after this season, which does pose an interesting question. If you're Pittsburgh and you're starting nose tackle, Tyson alu is done, gone, going into retirement most likely at 35, 36 years old. His backup Montrevis Adams hasn't really done much. Do you consider going after a guy like Javon Hargrave and bringing him back to the black and gold?
1: Yeah. Yeah, he'll be 30 at that time, I believe. Um, Yeah. But again, he is – he knows – Majority of the playbook, obviously different defensive coordinator now than when he was with us. But you don't typically, I mean, normally they don't change too much. Um,
0: And he's highly disruptive. He's quick off the ball. He's what we need. He's what Uh, we need. He's stout against the run. He gets you some pass rush as well, which we're not getting out of our our two current nose tackles. We get no pass rush out of those guys right now. Uh, Javon Hargrave would be a massive upgrade. It wouldn't come cheap. It, but it wouldn't be wildly sure, expensive either. I don't think. I'm sure he, it'd be at least ten mil. I don't think least.
1: he. I don't think he has a sack on the year yet. Everyone else on this defensive line has at least two and a half. Um, yeah. So there's a chance that he doesn't quite call for the payday that he got when he first left. Um, but this is something that Pittsburgh needs to do, not to get off of going over their their depth chart. Pittsburgh needs to look for ways this offseason to bring in talent at a cheaper price because you cannot ignore the secondary in this year's draft, and we've seen that uh, on show multiple, multiple times this year already. So I think there's yeah. there's going to be things that Pittsburgh needs to prioritize that maybe they've put on the back burner for a couple years and a couple years too many. So we'll have to wait and see how that's going to go uh and if you
0: can bring a guy like that in that gives you a couple year band-aid to not have to invest highly in the draft on a defensive tackle you're not going to get a guy like him in the third round too often nope that was a diamond in the rough man that was that was an excellent pick uh by kevin colbert people love to say how kevin colbert could draft that was a hell of a pick in the third round man Javon hargrave uh was an excellent d tackle uh so yeah I, I think that that would be an excellent opportunity for them personally because then they can kind of ignore the defensive tackle position in the draft instead of drafting someone who isn't really going to make that that big of an impact on a game when you're mostly in your nickel and dime defense these days. Yeah., uh, you want me to take linebackers? You yeah, want go line, linebackers? no go linebackers. I'll go secondary. okay. so your uh, strong side linebacker Hassan Reddick. Uh, Mike linebacker or middle linebacker T.J. Edwards, and then your will side or weak side linebacker Kaiser White. Now we do have Nicobe Dean also in the middle. Uh, if that name sounds familiar, that was the highly touted middle linebacker out of Georgia, uh, also a very recent draft pick. Uh, and then their backups Patrick Johnson and Sean Bradley, also some guys with some pedigree there. Uh, so highly athletic linebacker crew kaiser white was a former safety i believe he's fast west virginia yeah so this is not a huge guy but he's very fast which is why he's on the weak side hassan reddick was also a height weight speed guy that they've just been trying to figure out in the nfl is he an edge or is he a middle well now they're using him as a strong side in a 4-3 which Gets you the opportunity to basically use them like an edge most of the time uh, without having to to match up exclusively against tackles and guards. Yep. So puts them in more favorable matchups to to use his speed and explosiveness on the outside. Uh, so a talented and athletic group uh, that you definitely have to be aware of where they're at at all times. Yep. Uh, might be some misdirection would be useful against guys with this kind of speed.
1: Very much so. If they over you know, overcommit to one side, you can get out on the yep. edge on the other side. Uh, the secondary Martin. on this team, corners specifically first, you got James Bradbury and Darius Slay, uh, both phenomenal cornerbacks. Darius Slay previously of the Detroit Lions. Uh, then you have the nickel quarterback, cornerback Avante Maddox, very capable nickel inside guy. Safeties, Marcus Epps and CJ Gardner-Johnson. CJ Gardner-Johnson, again, another name you should know. We've talked about him before. He's only been in the league three years. We were looking at him back uh, in that, the first, I think the first draft preview we ever did, we were, he was a name yeah, that we had brought not. up. Um, mm-hmm. so secondary is no joke. You got to be aware of where these guys are. My biggest concern here would probably be Darius Slay. Um, very Big capable. Big play Slay. Big play Slay. I think he has th- three picks on the year. Yeah. Three interceptions on the year already. Um, for oh, Darius just like me. Slay. Just like Minga, exactly. Um, and then obviously the special teams, you have Jake Elliott, phenomenal kicker. Uh, Aaron Sipos, is their Aaron, Aaron? whatever, is their punter. It's Aaron. It's I bet Aaron. it's Aaron. Long snapper Rick Lovato, because uh, long snappers matter. And then you have a uh, joint mm-hmm. return for kick return with Quez Watkins and Britton Covey. And then uh, Britton Covey specifically being their punt returner, Britton Covey being a player who I believe has only been, yeah, he's a rookie. Um, and he was, uh, drafted this past year, 5'8", 173 from Utah. So we'll see what's okay. going on there. Little guy, 5 I'm taller is, than him. I'm guy. taller than I weigh more than him. So am I. Um, <laughs> I weigh a lot more than him. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got him my 40 pounds, man. <laughs> um, but go, let's
1: go ahead and go over our three keys to success here. Do you want me to start or you to start?
0: Uh, I think it's your turn to go first.
1: Okay, so my three keys to success. Number one is, I'm going to be a little bit more specific than I normally am. We need to run the ball. Uh, we need to control the clock. We need to have a ground game in this game specifically to keep their offense off the field and put up points. I believe that Pittsburgh needs to out time, like time of possession. We need to out time them by seven, eight minutes minimum uh, in order to have a good chance in this game. I think Pittsburgh needs to control the clock. And I think they need to do a good job of that. Second thing, you cannot have Kenny Pickett get gun-shy all of a sudden. Kenny Pickett needs to continue to throw the ball downfield, continue to make plays with his feet, and he needs to have the confidence uh, and the support of his teammates. So there's no... I I know I said I'm going to be specific. I realize that's not very specific. I want to see Kenny Pickett have opportunities to make plays is basically what I'm saying. And then lastly, we need to get to the quarterback. You need to get to Jalen Hurts on defense. You need to disrupt the passing lanes. You need to get all those things, get... Cam Hayward, get your arms up. Tyson Aluala, get your hands up. Travis Adams, whoever's in there, knock some balls down, get big. Jalen Hurts is not a big dude. Um, make it hard for him to see downfield and apply pressure, get some sacks.
0: I like it, man. I like it. Um, a little bit different from you this week. I typically am. Uh, number one, play disciplined football. Uh, last week, there weren't a lot of penalties. There was only five. Uh, but two of them back-to-back were absolutely crippling. Pittsburgh had a third-and-one opportunity, converted it, had an illegal shift penalty that brought them back to third-and-six. Then they had another penalty that brought them back to third-and-16. Next play was an interception. Don't let these penalties pile up on top of each other and then put yourself in a bad situation on an important down. So play disciplined football is my first takeaway. Uh, number two, take advantage of turnover opportunities. Uh, Jalen Hurts is not Patrick Mahomes out there. He's a good quarterback, but he's going to give you some opportunities. You cannot drop interceptions like you did last week and expect to win. Huge. You have to take advantage of that. Uh, so when you get those opportunities uh, to turn, to get the turnovers, you got to do it. Uh, number three, get in a freaking end zone, man. These drives have to finish there it with is. touchdowns. Uh, no more field goals. I love Boswell. Uh, he's really doing good the last few weeks, uh, getting pretty precise with those kicks again. We we got to get Kenny getting in the end zone, man. I need to see a 2-3 touchdown performance out of Kenny because if we don't start scoring you know, 24, 27, 30 points on a regular, we're just not going to turn the season around. Nope uh, so that's that's where I'm at with my keys to success this week
1: I like it make sure you guys share your three keys to success with us whether it be on uh, Facebook or you know anywhere you want to send us on the YouTube comments let us know how you think we should uh di- what, what we should do specifically to, to defeat the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles again thank you guys so much for listening be sure to like and follow on Facebook Twitter Instagram and YouTube subscribe and ring the bell it's free and until next time this is your host James and Cody signing off
0: Peace.